Hello, and welcome to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast. This podcast features the open, hopefully open-minded musings of two late 40s curmudgeons. When we started the show, Bill, we were early 40s, and now we're late 40s. I was late 20s when we started the show. I've like no, I was like, I'm like no, on a were. I'm on like on an extra solar body where time is faster on the planet right. I'm on. Yeah. Right. You're living in dog years. Yeah. yeah. Uh late 40s curmudgeons bravely and boldly staring down the prospect, nay, the reality of their entertainment irrelevance. I am uh, 50% of your hosting team. My name is Noah Tarno. Greetings. I am the founder and senior quiz master of the Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. Joining me on this episode and in every episode, say hello, William. For one week only, I'm Bill Scurry. I am the founder and uh, proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which, uh, as everybody knows, is a scratch golfer. And by that, I mean a golfer who fell into a field of poison ivy and mosquitoes and requires a liberal dousing of calamine to dull the itchy sensation that he feels all over his damn body. I've heard the term scratch golfer, but I don't think I've ever known what it means. What I have it mean? no idea what it, I have no idea what it means. <laughs> if, if you know the difference it's, between scratch golf and regular golf and or duffer, miniature golf. And duffer. No, sc- I think scratch golf is an appellative. Of, it's, like, it's like you're a good golfer. Why the scratch comes in there, I could not tell you why. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, so scratch golfer means you're good at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. like saying you're a sharp, like a sharp shot, right? A sharpshooter. It's like, well, what does it have to do with being sharp, precise? You know. Well, precise. You you get it. You know, sharpshooter. You you hit your targets. All right, bad, bad example. Okay. Scratch golfer, almost the opposite. Because when I play mini golf, if I if I get the score bad, I I want to scratch it out. Yeah. Because I suck at mini golf. By the way, man, really disappointed. If anyone listening in San Francisco, there is an indoor. Uh, like burner designed golf course in the mission called Urban Putt. Really fascinating, clever. Uh, and I went there several times pre-pandemic and I just went for the first time post-pandemic and they have not kept up maintenance. It was very sad, very disappointing. Urban Urban Putt. So negative recommendation. You say me, it was just too bad because I used to really like it. It's the only golf course designed by Frederick Law Olmsted, you said? No, I mean, it's it's San Francisco themed and it, like I say, bur- it looks like it was designed by burners because it's very like, gadgets and artsy and uh-huh. it's cool it's so cool but it's just like my ball got stuck in two of the things and things weren't working Man, and you know the I tell hole you. was people, out of order people defer just, maintenance this is the problem it's it's very and the woman you know taking tickets wasn't paying attention it was just not well enough it's sad it's too bad because i like mini golf um okay so we're not here to talk about miniature golf or negative tourist recommendations in san francisco we are here to talk about and this show and every show uh, phenomena that younger people are into that are hot, that are happening, that are new, and we try to make sense of it. So today we're talking about a movie, a movie that is now available on the Netflix platform. By the way, I hate when people go, I'm going to stay home and watch Netflix. Netflix isn't a show. It's like staying, saying, oh, for dinner tonight, I'm going to eat microwave. Right, but what, do you, a, but what do you pay for? You pay for Netflix. You don't pay you for... You pay for Netflix, but you say, I'm going to watch... You could say, I'm going to watch something on Netflix. No, I, you're, I don't... But to I'm, say, I watch Netflix. You don't have to make this argument with me because I believe you. However, the thing is, people look at the container and that this is one of... This is a larger cultural issue with something being called content. Yeah, because content is something you pour into a fucking empty vessel. And right. it's like Netflix, Netflix is the vessel. It's not the content. And yet you're, you're not paying for Squid Game, even though Squid Game is the thing you want to watch. You're paying for but fucking Netflix. Okay, but a hundred years ago, I'm gonna I'm gonna read. Well, I guess you say I'm gonna read the New York Times. 
you would pay for the New York Times and then read, you know, the New York Times was the vessel. I said, I'm going right? to go home. I'm going to watch WWOR9. Yeah, you wouldn't say that. WNEW5. Yes. Yeah. I have a great evening planned of watching fine content on the Columbia Broadcasting System. WSBK Boston. <laughs> the home <laughs> of the hits. Oh, no, it's a radio station. Anyway, um, all right. So this is a movie on Netflix. It premiered in late uh, August. It is titled, I keep I keep mistitling in my head. I thought it was called, I am so not inviting you to my bar mitzvah, my bat mitzvah. No, it is titled, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. It is a film, a coming of age dramedy or comma, if you prefer, uh, directed by a young uh, non-binary person named Sammy Cohen. Uh, whose only previous credit of note is the 2022 teen movie Crush, which was a big surprise when that won the 2005 Oscar for Best Picture. And the Palm Door, um, too. Yeah, Palm Door. You didn't get my joke, did you? So there you go. Uh, and it was written by screenplay by Allison Peck, adapted from the 2005 young adult novel uh, of the same name, actually the same name. It, it's The movie is You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. The book is You Are So, So in all caps, Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, exclamation point. So strictly speaking, not the same title. 2005 young adult novel of the same, semi-same name by Fiona Rosenblum, which is a pen name for someone named Amanda Stern, who we both know personally. Yeah. Uh, She is, uh, at one point, was good friends with your wife, Bill. And at one point, at a party in your then apartment, she looked me in the eye, she paused, and she said, someday you are going to be a great father. And, uh, she was right. That it was, was, probably, pro- was a prophecy. That's probably 15 years ago and it hasn't come true yet. Anyway. It was at least 15 years ago, yeah. Uh, I No, not that I'm a bad father. I'm just not a father. Um, <laughs> so this movie is, uh, I mean, it's, you know, I think this is a worthy topic. People are talking about it. I heard about it. Uh, it is produced by Happy Madison Productions, which is the production arm of comedy legend Adam Sandler, who we all know and some people love. Um, it's produced by Adam Sandler, and among its cast are Adam Sandler, Sonny Sandler, Sadie Sandler, and Jackie Sandler. And no, that's not a coincidence. Uh, that is Adam Sandler, his two daughters, and his wife. They all appear in this movie in significant roles. Uh, Sonny Sandler, who's a, uh, I believe she's 14 years old in real life, but plays a 13-year-old, is Sonny and Sadie are his daughters. Sadie's the older one. Uh, Sandler himself plays their father, although Jackie Sandler plays not their mother. Their mother is played by the great Adele Dazim. Adina Menzel. Yeah. Uh, Adele Dazim, right? Uh, who uh, reunited with Sandler after they played a married couple in Uncut Gems, which I really enjoyed. Uh, other uh, recognizable names in this cast are Sarah Sherman, the current cast member on SNL, uh, Jackie Hoffman, whose comedy performer has been kicking around for a while, and Louis Guzman, who just kind of pops up in an odd role. but He plays Eli Katz, Noah. Doing. That's the character's name. I thought the No, but he's... He's Eli Katz. That's what's hilarious. But I about. thought... Oh, you're right. Because yeah. the kid, his kid, has a, a hyphenated last name. And part of the last name is... Chang. Latino. Oh, no. Latino. No, Chang is the Asian girl. Yeah. So I thought that the, the conceit was the kid's father is Latino... Mother is Jewish, and therefore she is Jewish. No, the mom is Latino and the dad is Jewish. <laughs> That's what's so weird about it. 
So Jackie Sandler plays a Latino and Louis yes. Guzman plays Yeah, Jewish. yeah, yeah. That's All right, exactly well, that, what it is. that confuses me because Louis Guzman does not look Jewish. <laughs> Jackie Sandler maybe could pull off playing a Latino, but anyway, uh, it's not important. Uh, this movie tells the story of two best friends whose bat mitzvahs are impending. Uh, they are very supportive and they're going to sort of help each other have the greatest bat mitzvahs ever where they live in, I don't know, is it suburban New York? Someplace yeah, where outside of New York City. Money. Yeah. Everyone has money, but no one works. And uh, the plans go awry as they fight for the attention of the same popular boy, uh, Jewish boy, cute Jewish boy, and uh, also just, you know, teen stuff that happens. Uh, the film was released August 25th, 2023 on the Netflix, uh, you know, televisual container, as you put it. Network. And, antenna and, yeah, antenna and while, Network. Antenna Network, yes, yes. Move your antenna to get Netflix. Uh, and while, you know, it doesn't seem to be a world-beating hit, it's gotten a lot of buzz. Uh, some of it is negative for the accusations, accurate, I mean, it's hard to deny, of nepotism, you know, Sandler casting his whole family in this. Apparently, Sammy Cohen has said when they uh, signed on to do the movie, the Sandler kids were already attached. Um, and every headline, but but most of the reviews are good. Although every headline seems to be about how it's Sandler's highest rated movie ever on Rotten Tomatoes, which I recently read that great article in Slate, how Rotten Tomatoes is kind of easily gained and kind of bullshit. So like that seems to be like the be all end all for, you know, movie makers now uh, is, uh, you know, give a big hit on Rotten Tomatoes. Anyway, I watched this movie. I presume you watched this movie, Bill. I have some thoughts, but what did you think of you are, look, our thoughts are going to be different. I had a bar mitzvah. You did not. You've been to what? One bar mitzvah in your life? Yeah. Bar or bot? No, was bar. It? it was a bar. bar. However, it was, la- it was last year, however, though. Really? No, I'm just kidding. It was 1980. Okay. 1980. I don't know. Adults go to... I'm going to a bot mitzvah next May. I mean, adults all, go to bot mitzvah. All my friends are 13 years old, as you know very well. Still. <laughs> I guide them into adulthood. That's my job, <laughs> really. That's not... It's not funny, dude. Okay, so, uh, so what did you think of you as someone who's never been to a bot mitzvah? What did you think of You Are So Not Invited to My Bot Mitzvah? The movie. Um, I thought that this movie was typical Happy Madison product. I mean, I, I felt like I was looking at a fusion of uh, now, like Judd Apatow uh, puts his whole family in movies. It's it's very, you know, for a little while now, we've seen Judd Apatow's kids and his wife and, and inside of his movies. And Adam Sandler's made a few movies with Apatow, so he sort of knows the system of doing this. Um, and you know, John Apatow's gotten some shit for pushing his daughter Maud, and she's in the she's in the cast of Euphoria. So there is a there is a way through of sort of seeing a way to elevate, maybe even create your kids to star as born them along the way. Um, you know, and the thing is, Sandler has a longstanding to Happy Madison, I should say. Sandler, by extension, has a longstanding deal with Netflix. I think they must have close to ten movies in the can. And I'm, is I this really, the first produced or no 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 they go back a long what, what else have they done oh Jesus they made uh, hate the, what is it the, 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 the stupid six or there was some western he made take a look he had, he had like a 10 a 10 or a, either a 6 8 or 10 movie deal and he turned out movie after movie full of garbage that was just designed Netflix gave him big piles of money he, they, there was no quality control they wanted to be in the Adam Sandler business they're in the Adam Sandler business he made Hobie Halloween, Hubie Halloween came out a year and a half ago. Um, Never heard of that. Yeah, don't worry about it because they're strict to Netflix. They're junk. They're, it's the it's the same six people who are in them. It's the same crew. It's it's almost like a sketch comedy show where they just thrash out the same movies over and over again, all in Toronto like this one was. 
you know, like this was supposed to be set in New York, but however, the whole thing was completely set in the anonymous anodyne northern suburbs of Toronto and, and Canada because it's, it, it costs about $60 to shoot. The, you know, Adam Sandler pockets all the money. He, he makes incredible yield off of it. They hire a bunch of inexperienced people like Sammy Cohen, who, like you said, is a second time director. She came out of doing Funny or Die in college, college humor. She, they, I don't know exactly. I know she's queer. I didn't know if she was non-binary. Uh, I read an interview where they said non-binary, so I'm going to guess they. But okay. They're, they're a, uh, a filmmaker who came out of college humor and, you know, I'm sure they were paid probably about $28 to do this. That's the one thing. Alison Peck, the screenwriter, I think had the Ugly Dolls movie adaptation. Before yes, this. that's, that's her, that. I looked at her IMDb. That was the only thing I recognized. Yeah, you know. Ugly it, Dolls movie. I'm just saying it's like that stuff augurs storm clouds and I'm looking at it like, all right, I think we know we know what we're getting away because it's a Netflix movie. Netflix doesn't have a great track record. They're not all mank. Let's put it that way. When you get in bed with a master, um, what is it? Uh, uh, is it Killers of the Flower Moon? I think that's Hulu, but... but uh, the, the Irishman was in, you know, that 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 was Netflix, and so was Mank, and then there's stuff like this is Netflix. So there's no guarantee of like, what does Netflix ask for? They just want stuff. So this movie was like 110 minutes or so. It goes by really quickly. It's filled with a bunch of actors, with the exception of some of the adult leads. You've never seen these kids before. Are the kids good? I don't know. They really didn't get a chance to be that good. They're not really directed. They, they do very. They're they're all on TikTok essentially. It looks like a gigantic TikTok sketch. Um, the, the, the quality of the movie, I think, is sort of aside because this is not designed, well, maybe it's designed for you to enjoy. I don't have any connection to, to bot slash bar mitzvahs, so Jewish culture is adjunct to me. Jewish culture means something different as a spectator from the outside. It's certainly more I cult- mean, you're not completely divorced from it. Your no, wife is no. Jewish. Well, she's cult- I've been to a Passover Seder at your home. She's culturally Jewish. She's not sort yeah. of any kind of liturgical or ecumenically Jewish, if well, those words even apply. Like me, too. So. Sure, but she, she, believe me, the, the one time we looked at Haggadah was when we were the same table having that Passover. It was strictly for theater to, to you know, make her dad happy. Um, but the thing is, is that certainly you saw that, you know, like, the core of this movie and, you know, looking at a trailer and when I heard about it, when it dropped two weeks ago, you know, and it did pretty well on the front page. It's one of the reasons why we're talking about it is because it was a bit of a sensation. Is because it was about this phenomenon of the enormous, like, you know, the show-stopping bar mitzvah. And the first few scenes are about the girls, like, dream boarding or what a fantasy boarding, all the stuff that has to be at their bar mitzvah to make it a success. And they have these, you know, it's a movie script, of course. But the thing is, is that we know for a fact that like wealthy dudes in Miami will fly Flo Rida down there for their son's yeah. bar mitzvah. But that's the tippy top. I mean, that on, is the, tippy the rich, top. rich, riches. But the middle is, you know, the middle is this vast mean. Again, who knows how big it is? But what, what I'm saying is that this defaults to a lot of stereotypes. And I think right now it's it's weird where I want to have fun with it. But it's tough to also not look at this gigantic stagmire, as uh, little Carmine would say. You know, we, we live in a very anti-Semitic day and age. And so when you make something that essentially, you know, the old saw about Jews is that they were cheap. That was the joke we, that they, we slash they made in the old days. And now it's like the saw is that Jews are ostentatious with wealth. They're all professionals in the middle to upper middle class. They're doctors, lawyers, you know, music managers and stuff like that. And well, like you said, the, the idea in this thing is that everybody looks like they have gigantic piles of money and don't work to earn it. Which is, you know, another thing. This is, this is some of that next to blood libel. This is some of the shit that flows out there about, you know, about Jewish people. And, you know, this movie's playing games. It's, it's having fun with it. It's not being mean about it. And again, the creative team for this movie, 
it, it's, it is all Jewish. I think it has to be. It should be. The, the director of this movie should be Jewish. The director of this movie should be someone who is female adjacent. Let's put it that way. If, she, if they're non-binary. Um, but it's like at its core, it seemed like it was emphasizing some kind of like potentially pernicious things that the culture shorthands about Jews. And I was really worried that we're sort of seeing some stereotypes um, come down the pike, you know. I mean, look, the, the message of the movie is, is ultimately really facile, right? It's just be a good person, do a mitzvah. You don't, you know, there's really nothing Jewish about how it ends out uh, or how it ends up in terms of two people having a, a split between the two of them, how they seal the breach between the two of them. It just has the trappings of Judaism. Not even Judaism. Judaism as a religion I was sort of realizing halfway through, it's like, oh, this movie isn't dealing with, it's dealing with ritual. It's dealing with practice and inheritance. And it really has zip to do with the, and the emphasis behind it. At no point did they try to explain to you what a, a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah is, the way a Christian sure movie. Sure they do. Not in this movie? They know they yeah, say they talk about it's so suppose it's a coming of age. It's right, it's, but they, she's now a woman. She if, talks quite a bit about. If that. this was if this was an if this was an evangelical movie, there would be text upon text upon text, pages upon about pages Jesus. about Jesus yeah, and the Bible. Right. There would be more. This 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 really this goes into but, more. But like people fa- who make evangelical movies are fucking egomaniacs. Dude. Right. Come on. And Adam Sandler is definitely not an egomaniac, as we know. Well, he's an egomaniac, not about his religion. People who make evangelical movies think their religion is better than everyone else's. This is why these movies suck. And Adam because Sandler, they have no, they have no, hum, you know, they Adam have no Sandler uh, modesty. Had, had his wife convert to Judaism because there's no way he would have been married to her and had kids with it unless they were Jewish kids. He's exactly the same way as the, the Christians yeah, are. Yeah, but he's not shoving his, you know, oh, no, he's not, Jewish he's, law. No, he's not. He's not, he's not trying to be. He's not trying to be a proselytizer. No, Jews don't do yes. that. Jews do not do unless unless um, they Orthodox do, do. They do it to each other, but they don't do it to Goyim. They really don't. Do it uh, yes, they do. To Orthodox do it to non-Orthodox. But I mean, Trust look, me, I'm, I'm, I'm adding a lot to this. Like, I would, I would term the Happy Madison Netflix machine as being non-entertainment for the most part, where I've never been compelled <laughs> to watch any of these things. This is no, this is no, and also I don't know how. Um, it's completely irrespective of what Amanda's book, like what survived from Amanda's book. I'm assuming this is like really substantially different. I'm sure the themes are there, but I bet you that the beat for beat stuff doesn't really. Um, I mean, look, she, she's enjoying this. She's having a good time with this. She's basking in an amount of success right now. I'm sure she made a, a, a good deal of money from the license for this, if she, in fact, has the rights to it. So I'm happy that Amanda Stern is uh, getting, a, a, you know, she's getting some pushback for this. Not pushback. Not blowback either. I'm saying she's... Kickback. She, kick well, kickback implies it's illegal. Right, uh, but you she's know, getting mo- some benefit. Let's keep it easy. She's getting the, mov- some the movie. The movie was you know a very saccharine product. It didn't leave much of an yeah. impression. But I don't know. So how did how did it go down with you? Uh, I think this movie is good. I don't think it's great. I think it's good. Uh, it feels to me true to life, both as someone who you know grew up in a Jewish milieu and had a bar mitzvah, and just what I know of you know the life teens live now and the life teen girls have always lived. You know what I know of that. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot here, certainly for a teen or a teen girl who's not Jewish. I think there's still a lot here. You're right. It doesn't, it's not about Jewish faith as much as it should. I mean, I maybe would have appreciated one or two more references to what, you know, the actual religion, but I feel like that's not the point. The point is to tell a, not universal, but a, a broad story through the semi-microcosm of <laughs> rich, you know, uh, privileged Jewish kids. Without preaching, um, yeah, which is which exactly, yeah, what, exactly I mean, what it doesn't do. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that, 
these girls seem obsessed with what could seem like an outsider to petty concerns. You know, oh, my whole life has been leading to this moment. I mean, I think a lot of adults roll their eyes at that, but every teen feels that. And we felt that. I mean, I know you were a weirdo, but most normal teens feel this, like this, my life is ruined if this boy doesn't like me, that kind of thing. Um, and it, it, it might not push the the liturgy in your face, but this is really Jewish. You know, she does, there is a scene, I mean, not to give too much away, where she's reading her off Torah and she's reading actual, I mean, they they compress it incredibly and she doesn't read the prayer afterwards, but, you know, she reads the preamble prayer and that's accurate. You know, the chant is accurate. As I have as no I doubt, tell. by the way, that she she had an, she had did have an actual bat mitzvah. The, the, the right, and the yeah. synagogue looks like, I mean, the Hebrew school is freaking the nicest Hebrew school I've ever seen, but, you know, they're actually talking about Judaism. Like, they're not making crap up. You know, people are wearing actual talit and, and the kippot are, are, you know, actual kippahs and all that. So like, it, it seems for a Netflix movie, I'm sure, look, I'm a cultural Jew. I've, I have, a gulf has grown between myself and the, and the ritual, even though I was, you know, I went to temple a lot growing up, so I might be missing stuff, but it seemed to me very authentic Jewish. Um, and part of why I find this movie to be, I mean, a term I thought is honest. It just seems very, you know, kind of real for a teenager is that, you know, I don't think Sonny and Sadie Sandler are very talented. I don't think they're really... Well, one was better than the other. Lead was much better than her sister. Well, I will say that. Well, the sister had a much smaller part. I will say this. They're not phoning it in. They're giving 110%. And that that is what I felt like fed the, the honesty. That they seem like real kids and that, sure, they're not the greatest actors in the world, but they're trying. They're putting it out there. And the fact that Sadie Sandler, Sonny Sandler, the one with the bigger part... You know, she doesn't look like a movie star. She looks like a real kid. And that made the movie feel like the story of a real kid. Um, in terms of Sandler himself, so he plays their dad. He, I've never really, other than, you know, he was on SNL and, you know, the greatest era of SNL, in my opinion. So, you know, I have that affinity for him. But his I never, you know, I didn't like Billy Madison. I didn't like Happy Gilmore. I don't even remember if I saw any of the movies. I mean, I liked Uncut Gems and I liked him in Funny People, but those are different. His sort of, you know, run-of-the-mill 90s comedies never did it for me. He always struck me as a twist on Jimmy Fallon, you know, a little, uh, you know, the high school talent show guy. He was the uh, first hoodie and guitar guy on SNL before Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he he was funny, but he seemed like he was phoning it in and he was a little smarmy and he got annoying really quick. But he steps back here. He He's very happy it seems at playing the um supporting character there's an article about this movie in vanity fair and the subtitle really sums it up a lot he says by ceding the spotlight to his daughters and settling into dorky dad mode sandler has officially made his highest rated movie on netflix um, on rotten tomatoes see that reference and uh there's a review uh nell minnow reviews this movie on RogerEbert.com, and now i'm gonna guess nell's a woman nell um didn't like this movie very much, but was sympathetic to it. And she she really summed it up. She says, this movie looks like a love letter from Sandler to his family. And I feel that. You know, Sandler, the scenes where he's being dorky dad, like, you really feel like he actually loves these kids. And he seems like, you know, the character seems like a great dad. And, you know, it makes you think, all right, well, there's a good chance Adam Sandler in real life is a great dad, you know? Or at least you get that feeling, and it's a good feeling. Um and um, uh, Nell Minow on um, Roger Ebert says something. I want to quote this here. And Bill, this, this gets at what you said about it not, from your point of view, not being really Jewish. And uh, Minow saw a missed opportunity. I'm going to quote here. 
The rabbi's silly song, God is Random, in response to the student's question about injustice in the world, is a missed opportunity to share some wisdom about this universal question with the class and the audience. No one expects a film like this to be a theological treatise, but some sense of how faiths and philosophers engage with issues of meaning and purpose would be as much a recognition of what it means to be an adult as walking in heels. That's a great point. And that, and I, that your, your point is very good, Bill. Because, yeah, fine, bat mitzvah, you're an adult now, you're walking in heels, but can we at least get a moment of talking about what it really means? All across the world, and maybe ever since the beginning of time, different cultures have different ways of celebrating a kid coming of age. All right, Noah, tell me, why is this bit of um, Hebraic humor popular at the moment? Why is it popular? Well, you know, it's, despite what I just talked about, the aspirational elements, it's real. It's about, it feels true to life of, like, what kids go through. I mean, the boy they have a crush on, I love that kid because he looks perfect. He looks like the beautiful Jewish 13-year-old cool boy. And even though, you know, at the end, they they reveal him to be shallow and kind of mean, he's not that bad, right? He's just, you know, he's just a bit of a 13-year-old, you know, egomaniac. Um, he's not a monster. Um, actually, they make a great point that, like, you know, he gets with all these girls, but they show him asking. Like, he always gets consent. <laughs> Which is, you know, again, they made a point of that. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Uh, every, you know, again, I don't think the Sandler kids are very talented, but they give 100%. And that goes a long way to make this movie feel real. And it's funny. So I think this, you know, I think this is very crowd-pleasing for a large segment of people who watch Netflix. You know, all these movies for kids that didn't quite exist the way they do now when we were kids. I mean, I watch some of these, you know, Disney Channel shows that are for kids with my niece and they... Some of them are fine, but they feel real phony. And this feels, you know, for a movie, this feels real. It's about real hopes, real disappointments, real conflicts, real friendships. Again, asterisk for a movie. And so much of us who go through the bar mitzvah thing, we haven't seen that experience on screen very much. Most of the time when we see it, it's completely an afterthought. So, you know, it it probably feels good to, really good to a 13-year-old kid or a 15-year-old kid, someone who remembers it from the recent past. I mean, it felt a little good to me, a 48-year-old kid. 35 years ago tomorrow, Bill, was my bar mitzvah. I'm so glad, you remember, so glad you remember the day, because it's that important, I, I'm sure. Of course I remember the day. What are you kidding me? Oh, fuck what I know. I would have no idea. Don't, I don't know. know. I yeah, but you know. didn't have a bar mitzvah. No, but there's, and there's no, there's no point to it, is what I'm saying. There's not, it's not, it's insignificant. I don't see the reason for it. That's why I wouldn't remember it even if you I don't had see a reason it. for a bar mitzvah. Absolutely not. No, it sounds preposterous. You're not Jewish, dumbass. Obviously, we've talked about this. Uh, all right, so here's about this. I think uh, I agree with uh, the points that you make. I think they're really valid. You know, how about this, though, too? So this is has a sort of coarse disobedience to it, like an edge. I mean, it's not really heavy, yet it is there because it does... Uh, what is it? There's like... Uh, this reminded me that we book smart in 2019, which I really enjoy. I still got to see that. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, is that they took the time to do scatology and gross-out jokes. You know, there was jokes about queefing and, and, and maxi pads yes. with, with blood on there them. It really was. Yeah, they, 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 they don't shy away from yeah, real gross know, shit. These girls that, are not little princesses, which is nice. They're real kids. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm not, this wasn't jackass where, honestly, someone's getting flipped over in a portal lab or something like that. But, you know, just, just the slight edge of the fact that girls are being given the rope to be as coarse as boys uh, in, in a gentle way is is kind of it's scale evening from the way things historically have been where, you know, there's always how many of these movies in the 80s would have like a really fat boy kid with his stomach poaching out, you know, and he was just 
burps and farts and gross stuff. And, you know, like that was it was so focused on that's what that's what boy and maleism had to it was the sort of ability to you know the, the throwing up scene and stand by me you know like that exact kind of thing granted that was there was some poetry to that i'm sure but you know <laughs> poetry to lord ass yes lord ass exactly i and, love that movie and and you know again i will um i will be loud like you in this case and saying you know there is a continued dearth of jewish culture in mass media miss miss mazel aside because as far as i know Miss Maisel is the last sort of overtly for all right for a thing that had very few very few Jews inside of it. Miss Maisel was not a Jew herself, and her father was Tony Shalhoub, who was a Lebanese American. Um, this was a this is Jewish culture. Uh, it is actually piloted by Jews, acted by Jews, it produced by Jews, maybe written. I'm not sure. And, you know, it's one of those things where... Well, I, we know the book was written by a Jew. Exactly. Yeah, I mean... Both, Stern, Stern, a.k.a. Rosenblum. That's pretty yes, clear. <laughs> right, both the nom de plume. Nom de plume sounds a little uh, Presbyterian to me, but uh, yeah, definitely the author, Amanda Stern, is Jewish. Um, you know, and and just because... One of the things that has made me kind of furious, I mean, not, not because, like, there aren't any things in movies in terms of representation that shouldn't make you furious with the way things are ridiculously stated in Hollywood, but... I mean, to a casting director, Jennifer Lawrence is Jewish, and she was cast as a Jewish housewife in American Hustle. What year was that? 2016, 2014? Was, I don't remember that. It's it is fucking ridiculous that both Christian That's Bale and her were playing Jews, and it's like, are we serious? You know, there was that whole thing about... Was and the irony is that Jews run Hollywood, yes. so like, and they you think they'd be less embarrassed they won't, they by won't you know, cast, who they are. They won't cast Jews because it's still... You know, people who I are, over, it is, it's ridiculous. It we got to sell it to Peoria, all that bullshit. The theme, the food, the entrance video, it all tells a story. Who do I want to be? Will I have amazing lifelong friends like Lydia Rodriguez cats? Nothing before that day matters. Because that was the old you, the kid you. Now you're an adult. Do you think it would have any more resonance for you if you saw it? You know, you were a 15 year old kid. Oh, this movie's for teens or a girl you liked wanted to watch it with you or something like that. Do you think it would, you know, looking back to your childhood, when you, were there any Jews at your school? No, there's a tons of Jews. We're Long Island. You were in Long friend. Island, motherfucker. Yes. Right, but you weren't friends with any of them. Did you no, hang I, out with it? I was friends with Jews. It's just that Jewish culture. It was there was uh, cordons. There was there was there was walls between. I mean, at least in my experience. But none of those kids invited you to their bar mitzvah. That's one, what surprised me. Bradley Hausman invited me to his bar mitzvah. That was the one I went to. Yeah. I, whatever it is. Right, here's so what I've liked as a kid. The answer is well, no, I wouldn't have liked it anymore as a kid. You know, the thing is, I, I, I am the term I would say right now is adjacent uh, in my current life because my 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 the family I married into adjacent as an adjacent. You know what I'm saying? Because my. Oh, that's. that's yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank like you. That, yeah. My wife's family is Jewish. Um, you know, like the, there has been I mean, it's a real I mean, look, I'm also come from New York. It's hard to not have. Absorb. You're an honorary Jew. Everyone I'm from a, New York is an honorary Jew. Well, not everybody, believe me. I can think of a few who are not honorary <laughs> Jews. Yes, good point. Yeah. A lot of people from New York are honorary Jews. So. I mean, uh, so the thing is, look, I as I, I would say this about anything, the Catholic bullshit that I grew up, the laps, lapsarian Catholic tradition I grew up in, if you put something Episcopalian in front of me, I would say this the same thing. I was like, oh, this is, is arbitrary bullshit to me. It's, it's arbitrary nature, religious ritual. None of it strikes me with any kind of 
anything. I just sort of ignore it. I think it's inhumane because it's not it's not secular. It's not humanist. I get where the cultural part of it comes into it, but it, I just it's it's anathema to me. It's like it's like you know cold steel, silver to a vampire. I, I recoil at it. I mean now I understand more about it. I'm adjacent to it. I get why people do these things. It's it's like you know. I'm, I'm an observer to these cultures, Jewish more closely than others per se. I, I think I still despise Catholic way more, and evangelical Christian. And these things really drive me cold because I see how how they riven society with their effects. You can't, you can't. I'm just, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to go on a, on a rant here, but it's like you can't really discount the effect of Catholic Catholic on New York where we grew up. It's just, it's talk about a real insidious influence. Um, no, and that's the weird thing is, is that, like you said, considering I grew up on Long Island, I had as much access to, to Judaic rituals as it would have like a Hindu wedding. So, no, the, the appeal to it really wouldn't have mattered to me so much. Well, I think I there'd be a good chance that I would really like this as a teenager. I mean, first of all, as I said before, if I were a teenage girl, I think I'd be all over this thing because I think the good qualities I saw would would be like exponentially it's, more. It's the one of these that there is. Right. And also like I did grow up in a very Jewish area where everyone was getting bar mat mitzvah. And I went to Hebrew school and I, you know, I was pretty privileged and most of the kids I hung out with were fairly privileged. I mean, even the kids who weren't quite privileged, like, you know, we, we, we didn't see it that clearly. I went to a public school, but it was a very good public school system. Right. So, you know, I, I, I could fool myself that I was ensconced in the world where everyone had a house, everyone had enough money. I mean, I went to some bar bat mitzvahs that were opulent. I mean, the, in this movie, there's clearly been, oh my God, that the opulence factor has increased. But the most opulent, the, 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 the bar bat mitzvahs here like equal the most opulent bar mitzvahs I went to. And then I went to ones that were more stripped down. But you know, most of the ones are more stripped down. It wasn't, I think, because the parents had less money. I think it was because the parents were more religious. They were modest. So they didn't want to do a big deal about it. Right. They were more modest about it. You could always tell a bar mitzvah would be more religious because there was actually Hebrew writing in the invitation. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I would have liked this. I think I would have related to this, even if, you know, I were still a boy as I was. Um, it would be a world that I liked. It would be a world that I want to be in, you know, all the cute Jewish girls and, you know, they all, the nice Hebrew school and the wacky fun rabbi teacher, you know, the, Teachers in my keeper school were not wacky or fun. I have been so selfish and bratty and annoying to my parents. Just and then it happened. The very day I was supposed to become a woman is the day that everything started to make sense. Noah, well, tell me, I'm curious, and tell the rest of the, mm -hmm. the rest of the listeners as well, is there anything about this movie that reads a sign of the apocalypse? <laughs> or Megiddo, uh, as the Bible called it. Right. I don't think so. And this, this brooch is a topic that we've been avoiding. Uh, this show, this topic is a cousin to a topic we talked about last year or so, Nepo Babies, right? This idea that Hollywood entertainment's big business is being conquered by the children of people who are already in it. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And I'll, I'll kind of reiterate what I said in that episode. To an extent, it's always been that way. You know, maybe it hasn't, you know, the, all every business in the old days was passed on to the son right? In rare instances to the daughter. You know, my son's going to come work on my business. This is nothing new. Maybe it's more high profile. And even beyond that, people have always hired people they want to work with. They're friends, right? You could say it's a little obnoxious that Adam Sandler is having his whole family in it. But, you know, the fact that these kids give 110%, I think, 
And that's a lot of their views. People go, oh, I, Adam Sandler's kids. He's like, but this is so delightful. I don't care. You know, I saw like a list of tweets where people were basically saying that. They're like, they get a pass because they're so delightful. You know, these are mainly people who really love the movie. And there are a lot of real glowing reviews out there. So these kids do the work. And I think that's what I said about Nepo Babies. Like if they do the work, it's fine because it's always been this way. It's the people who float on in, you know, sleepwalk their way through it and expect to be worshipped just because... Who, who who they are, not what they do. I also think, you know, despite the opulence of the mitzvahs and all that, I don't think this is a particularly flashy project. And I compare it to, you know, Will Smith got a lot of criticism, whatever it was, he did that movie After Earth with his son. And I didn't see it, but it looked just like a piece of rotting garbage. And, you know, big sci-fi movie, and, or go back to the 90s and Tori Spelling cast in 90210. I mean, that was, you know, oh, I'm doing a big show that teenagers are going to worship. And of course she wanted to be in it. And her dad put her in and she wasn't that good. So this feels like a little less flashy than those and they do the work. So my point is, you know, if you think Nepo Babies is the world's going to end because it's going to be the rise of mediocrity just because of who your daddy is, I don't think this movie pushes into that direction. So therefore, no, I do not see apocalypse here. Well, the irony apocalypse is here or apocalypse now. I see not. The irony is that um, this movie kind of looks like a, a bot mitzvah gift to his daughter. Like, I'll put you in a movie, we'll build a movie around you, dear. Okay. But all right. But you know, maybe not to you, but to so many people it's entertaining and heartwarming. So fine. Good you know, good on him. He made a gift that other people can enjoy, right? Yeah, well, I, I, look, I don't, don't I, I don't, well, <laughs> I'm not going to make an argument about that, but uh, no, I mean, I'll go back to the thing I said before is that somehow I think that the potential worst thing about this movie, even worse than the nepotism part, I didn't even write a note about the nepo part, it, it, like you did a better job explaining it than I could, is that if somehow, I mean, and this is, this is not going to happen, but if somehow this movie and that element of it supercharged the anti-Semitic nightmare that we're seeing in America right now, which okay. I, 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 I don't see how it could be significant in that regard. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it could, but it's like, I'm sensitive to any portrayal of something that like sort of gives these fucking cave monsters you know with their their fucking rumble boards and and, and their truth socials anyone else who's out there already smearing blood libel it's like it just makes me sick that anyone like you don't need to give them ammunition because they're fucking inventing it themselves but look let's forget about all that this is a teen comedy uh, with the, the best part of it is that it's a POV that's long been ignored still is, it will continue to be ignored for whatever reason there really aren't are there any Batmas for comedies that I know of and it was given a voice by two female leaning human beings with Jewish actors in it. and that stuff still counts for something in terms of representation man I feel like a woman is there any aspect of this that you're jealous of well, I don't know if I envy Amanda, you know, for having this um, success, you know, and, and for what I read in the same vanity. She worked hard. We know for a fact she worked hard. She I'd continue, rather her than she, a lot she's, of people. She's a hustle. Look, I was at one of her birthday parties alongside Moby and Lisa Edelstein from the show House. You know, she, she's she's really? she's, do, she's doing she knows Moby. She knows Moby. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I Because I heard. Oh, no, it wasn't from her. It was someone else. I know a few people knew Moby because I knew a woman who dated Moby and she told me some dark secrets about him. I don't know. I, I don't, didn't realize she knew Moby. I don't know any dark secrets about him. But, uh, oh, I got a dark Moby secret, man. I no, it's like, you know, she she was contacted to do this. The, 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 the YA publisher came to her. She put her, you know, and she put the nom de plume on it because she wanted to make a parallel structure to her literary fiction career, which, you know, continues to this day. But I mean, this is this is a good, you know, this is a good feather in your cap is that you have something on Netflix and she, oh, she owns it. She's, even though it's not her, her name isn't on the book, 
she owns it and you know i mean that's good for her uh, but it's like that doesn't really apply to me you know i could think of sammy cohen as something because sammy cohen was was plucked out of the same kind of um uh, a peanut patch that I worked in. She worked in, you know, not not. I didn't get it, patch. I didn't get as far as college humor <laughs> or something like that. But the thing is, I'm, I'm picturing you working in a field picking peanuts. Yeah. Jimmy Carter comes out and yells at you every half hour. Tries to hit you with a little stick. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, she Sorry. she she made the jump up from doing short form stuff to doing feature stuff, and it's like, look, I mean, the time for arguing about that is past because it happened for a billion pedestrian male. Uh, comedians along the way. There's plenty of careers in the streaming era that were predicated on just really shitty short form work just because they're humans and they live on Earth. So Sammy Cohen getting the chance to do this and her being Jewish and her understanding it too is... Sammy Cohen is Jewish? Somehow Samantha Cohen from wherever she is, Long Island, California, I don't know where, LA, wherever she's from. Um, No, but this is exactly the project that somebody who fits Sammy Cohen's uh, portfolio should be in charge of something like this. And God, you know, Christ, maybe next time she'll get off the chain. That him, that they, they'll, they, they will let her, them off the chain, and she will get to do something that's hers, rather than just essentially executing the Sandler family edict. In the interviews I read, the interview I read with Cohen, they were they they seemed very happy. I mean, maybe they were lying, but they seemed very happy about the experience. I have that, no like, doubt. Oh, I really it, got yes. to do something because because it wasn't just like no, you work for Sandler's. Like no, you work for me, and how dare you tell my daughters what to do? Yeah. You know, you can imagine a scenario Sandler, like that. Sandler cares so very little for these movies. Honestly, he's not the toughest boss. Well, he okay, but he then fine. Maybe that was what that worked for Cohen. They yeah. could they could actually make a movie. And again, the kids might be Adam Sandler's kids, but I would imagine they showed up to work. You know, they did the job. They put in the effort. They took direction. Are you jealous of it? Uh, yeah. And here's how I'm jealous. Um, I, you know, the fact that, you know, I wish my dad had been a star and could have hoisted me into that. But, you know, Bill, I've been thinking a lot about Judaism the past week. We were in the midst of high holidays. I went to Temple last uh, week. Go Friday night, first night of Rosh Hashanah. I go to Temple maybe twice a year. To college in uh, Philadelphia? Don't they have, didn't they have like a building name for Bill Cosby that they just, uh, oh, you're probably like right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and I'm, I don't, I'm not going to temple for Yom Kippur just in two days, but I take the day off. I fast. I, you know, I do all that. I've been thinking a lot about my relationship with Judaism. You know, I went, I was fairly observant as a kid. I went to temple a lot. And of course my bar mitzvah. And like I said, I've said before, my bar mitzvah kind of was the start of me as a spiritual adult. But I've lost the thread of the ritual. So I don't know. I see something like this in the milieu of the mitzvah. And I just, I wish the ritual had spoken to me. I wish I felt more of a connection with, I feel a connection with the underpinnings of Judaism. You know, my personal spirituality is very much in line with that. I believe in God. But I believe in God. I believe in charity. The the greatest things about what Judaism is based on. But I just, I don't know. I wish I was, I wish I felt more religiously Jewish, you know? I want to feel it. I've tried so many times. And it's just never spoken to me. Um, I'm proud of being Jewish, but I just, I wish, I wish I wanted to go to temple. You know, I wish I wanted that. So you have a, wish, you have Jomo? <laughs> I have Jomo, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I just, I see this stuff. And, and I also, my bar mitzvah kind of, you know, I wish I had done it right. <laughs> it was... 
That was the beginning of beginning your problems. Again, what's this movie was prophetic. That wasn't the beginning of my problems. I had problems way before 13, my friend. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I'm a little jealous. You know, like to do it again. But I like to do a lot of so, stuff. So, Noah, using, incurring the name of the worst yeah. person in the history of television, uh, the worst <laughs> boss. A, a, what's sad is he's not. He's a, not even close, which is what's sad. If, if today's standards were applied retroactively, like most, like Johnny Carson, all those guys probably would, would get yeah. the appropriate that we're a, getting and jimmy fallon's not getting canceled his a, show's not going anywhere he's a, just, a, he's just a day drinker who's stumbling around 30 rock banging into yeah. things falling off yes. passing jimmy out fallon. Yes. Yeah, jimmy fallon uh the felonious scale we surprised uh, yeah. <laughs> well I, it, you know it's funny we haven't mentioned yet we we on this show not too long ago we talked about a movie about bar and bat mitzvahs and that was the big hit cha-cha real smooth which, to quote a review that I agree with, it should have been called Cha-Cha Real Sucks. That just rolls you up. Know, it's like Dorothy Parker, man, I'm telling you. Right, exactly. No, no, nothing smarter than that. Um, you know, at the time, I remember kind of saying, ah, this movie isn't that bad. But like, then I watch a movie about mitzvahs that actually, I don't know, this movie is fucking Citizen Kane compared to that. So let's take Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Oh my God, that woman, the chemistry between the two of them was so... He's so in love with this woman who has no personality. Who was that actress? Dakota Johnson. She was incredible in that movie. She had a ton of... She, she furnished all the personality. She sucked! Oh, she was great. I really liked her in that movie. Are you serious? I don't yeah. remember. We had an I argument did. about this? No, we didn't have an argument. I said I, I liked that movie. I thought that that guy, Connor Ratliff, I forget what his she name was. She was sleepwalking through it. Oh, you're so wrong. Anyway, so Cha-Cha Real Smooth. Times Nepo Babies, right? So you got the Mitzvah movie times the Nepo Baby. Oh, uh, you know, with the Kermit and, and Fozzie, all the, those little cartoon characters were so great back in the day. <laughs> Nepo Babies will make your dreams come true. Uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth times Nepo Babies, but we're in negative territory, and I thought this movie was positive. So Cha-Cha times Nepo times negative one, but it's not quite that good. So minus 47.813. So once again, Cha-Cha Real Smooth times Nepo Babies, times negative one, minus 47.813. Apply PEMDAS and figure out what that is. I'm going to have to get this into machine learning later on to figure out what you yeah. said. Yeah, talk to talk to chat AI to figure out that. Well, I was thinking of something which uh, dealt explicitly about the frequently inhibited thoughts of women. Um, you know, And those people were given uh, you know, essentially an apparatus of a bullhorn to shout through to some degree. Uh, even if I didn't think that the art of that expression was terribly elegant. Um, so it made me think of Call Me Daddy, uh, the podcast, which I think, you know, was one of those things that was supposed to be, hey, man, this is the unvarnished shit coming out of people like we're not here to make friends. We're, we're here to tell it as it is. And this is this is women talking about lady boners and, you know, hygiene issues. Yeah. And, and as much as I didn't like that podcast, she was honest. Yes, not. and I think that this yeah. this this movie is not quite that same level. It, it's not as not I don't say it's not such thing as gratuitous when it comes to that. But the idea of being graphic about it—that's a different audience. That is very much sex positive. That is for adults. That is for people who roll. This 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 is you know for obviously for thirteen-year-old kids. But it's in the same spectrum in terms of dealing with you know the aforementioned scatology and the the, the perils of the body, the the Francois Rabelaisian 
things that come out of human flesh, whether it's bodily fluids and or sounds and or, you know, odors and whatnot. These things are all right, right out of Judy Bloom. Let's put it that way. And we still ignore a lot of them. Don't, we don't give the dignity to it. And we still stigmatize people for just have their, you know, having a human body and girls especially. Um, so, yeah, but I didn't think the art of Call Me Daddy was great. I didn't really find it charming, nor I, this movie just really didn't do anything for me either. So it kind of left me out. That's why I thought it was a good analog. So you basically equal to Call Me Daddy. Pretty much. Yeah, you got it. So no math no math involved. No, I don't say, again, you don't want this. I'm, I'm more from the liberal arts. I'm from the humanities, Noah. I'm not from the applied yes. sciences and STEM. Yes. So you don't want that yes. from me. I'm not, the, I'm not the best candidate for that sort of thing. No, I think that this takes us to the end of yet another show. Uh, you know, somehow we did it. I pat myself on the back. Out my shoulder. I just hurt myself from such a genuflection. Okay. Uh, if you... Uh, no, not genuflection. What am I? Gesticulation. If you'd like to find past episodes of this show that you're listening to, uh, either you can keep the keep the player going. Eventually, it'll just loop uh, one to the other. If you want, you can do that hours and hours and hours. <laughs> okay. But you can go All to right. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill. Don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review. Helps get the word out, as they say on the street. And I haven't been on the street for a long time. I am on Twitter at William Scurry. I am on Blue Sky, William Scurry. I am on freaking Insta, William Scurry. I'm on Facebook, Bill Scurry. All that stuff. No one, no one, anyone who wants to find me knows how to get a hold of me. YouTube.com slash AmCaesar. That's where my uh, videography, video work, uh, little make em ups, uh, clips that I like in the world, curation, that stuff is there too. And now here, here's Noah. He'll tell you exactly where to find him. Put the cross here. So. Here I am. Uh, and another place I am is at bigquizthing.com. Trivia events like no other. Professional, corporate, private trivia events, nationwide, worldwide, in person and virtual. And uh, we got some uh, public events coming up. October 4th, we have another one of our uh, midday uh, trivia breaks. Uh, virtual game hosted by me. 4 p.m. Eastern, 1% Pacific, 1%. I keep doing that. 1 p.m. Pacific. 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, go to bigquisting.com, free to play. See what we're all about. And uh, the very next day, October 5th, our old friends in New York City, here's a treat for you. We are teaming with Hudson River Park uh, all the way on the uh, east side in their new science space on Pier. Go to bigquisting.com and get the details. Uh, we are doing a um, science quiz, monthly event with them. October 5th, November 2nd, December 7th. Uh, science trivia, much fun. Uh, 7.30 p.m. All three of those nights. Don't go me on that. Look it up. But uh, science trivia, big quiz thing spectacular uh, in New York City. So uh, check that out. And I am on Instagram at the Noah Tarno. N-O-A-H-T-A-R-N-O-W. All right, everybody. Until a future episode where we discuss a movie about that traditional Catholic coming-of-age tradition, which is inheriting your father's bar stool in Suffolk County, Long Island. We, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Season Enterprises 2023.